Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we welcome you to another exciting episode of Faith on Fire. We're going to kind of switch it up today. As you all know, we've been talking about the key, keys of the kingdom. And we I'm not going to go through all of them today. Hopefully, uh, you have remembrance of them. But this new key we're going to talk about, this is... Consider a don't key, just because keys lock and unlock. So we, Jesus said in Matthew six, in this particular key we want to talk about is don't worry, because or don't have be anxious for anything. And another word for anxious is have anxiety. Don't be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. As a Christian, again, I can say these messages are for believers. So. We have a covenant with God. The scripture says as many as received him, that's Jesus, he gave them right or the power to become children of God. And therefore, and in Romans it says we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. So whatever God and Jesus has, that's made available to us through faith. Yeah, I think a lot of Christians forget that. Yeah, they do. That's why we're here. That we're the children of God and that he actually has given us all these things. Yeah, and that's why we're here to, again, to ignite people's faith on fire. They're trusting God. Their confidence in God. That's what this whole broadcast is about. So again, Jesus said, don't worry. And again, I want to just say this. When you get born again, we now have the ability to use God's ability. But God's ability is only released through our faith, through our believing. All through the scriptures, Jesus said, do you believe? And we know that's how you get born again. The Bible says, with the heart one believes, with the mouth confession is made. And whoever confessed that Jesus is Lord or God raised him from the dead, will be saved. Well, he see, just said, just believe that. That's what he talks about in his own hometown. He said that he couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Right, right. Their lack of faith. So it's all about what we, us believe in. And that's what, you know, being a Christian involves transformation. Scripture says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, we renew our minds by the word of God, by what God said. So if God says something, we claim we have faith in him, we have to be obedient to what he said because obedience is better than sacrifice. If God tells you to go do something that may sound foolish, and the Bible says over in Corinthians, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So if God tells you to go do something, forgive, give, go wash in the dirty river, put some mud on your eye, and you'll be, okay, if God tells you to do something through his wisdom, you as you act on that, even though it doesn't make sense because we walk by faith, not by the senses, we walk by the word of God, and we just go ahead and do that. So now look what here in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, this is Jesus, the master, the teacher, our Lord and Savior, our high priest. This is what he had to say in verse 25, Matthew 6, 25. 
And, and actually, I want to go to 24 first, verse 24. He says, and this is where a lot of Christians are, because you can't be in the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of light at the same time. He says, no man, no one can serve two masters. He say, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. I'm going to stop right there because we we always want to say, and this description also says, you cannot serve God and mammon. And a lot of people say mammon is money. A lot of people, I like to say in this text, it's the, the world system. You can't, he just said you can't serve two masters. But then, because he goes on to say this in verse 25, therefore, so wherever you see therefore, therefore, this is what I was talking about. He said, therefore, I say to you, he's talking to us, believers, do not worry about your life. Uh-oh, that's a biggie right there. How many Christians we know out there constantly worrying about their life? When the high priest, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, declared right here in verse 25, do not worry about your life. Look, then he goes to... Well, who's going to worry about it if I don't? Well, See, that, that's the attitude of a lot of people when I hear that. Well, who's going to do it if I don't? Well, he's going to tell you if you keep reading the text here. Look what he says. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then he goes to say, look at these things, and I'm going to go up to, I want to get up to verse 32. Here's the one that's going to be concerned about those things, because God doesn't have any worries, so he can't give you what he don't have. But he has concern. Look what he says in verse 32. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Those are the ones who are not in covenant with God. They seek after all these. But look, he says, for your heavenly father. Oh, my daddy knows the things I have need of. He says, well, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He said, he already, I already know what you need. But he get, then he gives you an instruction. Verse 33. And this one, no, nobody wants to listen to instruction because we're wise in our own opinion. But he says this. That's what faith is, acting on the word of God. Look what he says in verse 33. But, that means contrary, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Basically, he says, seek to do it the way God instructed you to do it, to do life. And he says, and all these things will be, all these things that you've been worrying about that you think you don't have and have need of, he said, I'm going to add those to you. Now look at verse 34. Therefore, he summed it up. And this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Shoot, how many people are always worrying about tomorrow? They're worried about today. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, Jesus is saying that. He's giving us a command. And again, the keys of the kingdom, I believe, are the commands of God. But they're commands with a promise. So he said, now, if you don't worry and let me, remember, over in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. So you have to do that. And a lot of people don't really because they won't meditate on the word. And the Holy Spirit is there to bring all these things to your remembrance. But you have to do your part by meditating on it. And he'll remind you of what to do. Remember, you said the other day, he said, just open your mouth and I'll fill it. Right. He'll give you the words that you need. Jesus says. Oh, he said he'll give. Right. You. That I'll give you the words that you need. But Jesus said, and we talk about this all the time, I came to give life in it more abundantly. Don't ever one, forget that. One of the things that we can have in that life more abundantly is lack of worry. And so God does not, <laughs> you know. To be have life in it more abundantly, a lot of times people will read that and say, well, maybe he's talking about I'll have more things. No, he's also talking about that you're going to have more peace, more joy, more comfort. All of, That's the kind of things that he's talking about to give you more abundantly. And he doesn't want us to worry. He, he doesn't. 
Worry does not bring life in it more abundantly. Depression and anxiety and all those things do not bring life and it more abundantly. Who wants to be more sad? Who wants to be more anxious? Who wants to be more worried? Who wants to fret more? Nobody, because what we need and what he he gives us is peace and comfort and courage and hope and strength and those things. That's what God wants to give us so that we can have life in it more abundantly. So he says to us here, do not worry. And we've talked about this, I don't know, a month or two ago, not necessarily in conjunction as a key to the kingdom, But God wants us to have life in it more abundantly. That is one of the parts of the kingdom that he wants us to have. The the way we get that, one of the ways we get that is by not worrying, by not thinking that we have to do it. You know, the NIV actually says it a little bit different there, where it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) I know a lot of people... (laughs) That today's troubles aren't sufficient for them. They've got to borrow some from tomorrow and maybe they, even they next week. They want to hear week. everybody else's troubles too and add them to their load. What? Right. And you can't do anything about any of them, but man, now I got to worry about all those things too. I, I know people that they worry about their kids. They worry about their grandkids. They worry about their neighbor's kids. They worry about their neighbor's grandkids. They worry about everything that you could possibly worry about. And they actually think that they're helping. They are. They think they're doing their part. That in the they kingdom. are doing their part. That's that my they, part. I'm the chief warrior. That they are. But I mean, and it it's actually kind of sad because they actually really believe they're doing their part. They're doing oh. something good by worrying about their neighbor. They're by worrying about their neighbor's children. By worrying about all these people that they know. That somehow that is helping. That somehow that is a good thing that God wants them to do. But yet here we see that God says, do not worry. He wants us to not be worried because he wants us to put our faith in him. He wants us to put our trust in him. And so that means that whether you're worrying about your neighbor's kids or your own, your neighbor's grandkids or your own, your neighbor's job or your own, he says that you're not supposed to be worrying about that. He says, I'm going to take care of your neighbor's kids. I'm going to take care of your own kids. I'm going to be sufficient for all of those things. You do not need to worry about them. Who of you, we're told, can add a single hour to their life by worry? And what everybody, what science has learned and doctors have learned is that by worry, you're going to not add to your but life. It you're going to take add, away. Yeah, it takes away. And, and again, that's what Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi, our high priest, is revealing to us. He's like, you're not going to grow any. You're not going to spiritually mature by have, allowing the spirit of worry to permeate. And, well, see, the devil, he wants to come and make us worry. Yeah. He wants to tell us, you know, that's not going to work. Well, he you wants, know, dev- he wants God's to, not going to be able to handle that. He wants that. you to think on the negative. He wants you to look at the situation, look at the facts. And, and God's always saying, no, I want you to look at the truth. Uh, he says, I want you to look at me. Yeah, he's the <laughs> me, truth. I'm the author well, and perfecter well, of your faith. Right. Look to me. And Jesus said, I am the, the, the truth, the way, and the life. So he says, always look unto me. And again, God and his word are like wet and water. So we have the God kind of faith. We call things that be not as though they are. We call them like God sees them. And God sees us healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. He sees us victorious. He sees us with life and it more abundant. Right. So he says, go into my word. And that's why, again, I'm an advocate for being a student of the scriptures and meditating on the word day and night. Because 
whatever you focus on becomes bigger. Whatever you meditate on grows. So you can meditate on the, the facts, the negative situation, or you can meditate on the truth of God's word concerning any situation. I always tell people, if you got a situation, go into the word of God and find out what God has to say about it. And he's going to always tell you, keep your eyes fixed and focused on him. Scripture said those who, those who focus on him, he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because they trust in him. That's the key. Perfect peace is going to come as your mind is fixed and focused on him, God, his word, not your circumstance. And we want to look at the circumstance because it's natural, and we've been conditioned to look at what's natural, the facts. When you're in a court of law, they just want to know the facts. Just the facts, well, the facts may not. Well, the facts can be altered. <laughs> and that's what the devil does. He's a deceiver. He'll deceive you to say, hey, look at this. He tried to tell Jesus that. He said, Jesus, look at this stone. I know you're hungry, Jesus. That's a fact. You're hungry. So just go ahead and make that stone some bread. And Jesus knew what the assignment was. He was fasting. Yes, and when I'm fasting, I'm hungry. But Jesus didn't bow down to look at the circumstance, the situation that he was hungry because he understood he was doing the Father's will, which was fasting. So I have to abstain. I can't take my mind off the mission uh, because of my circumstance. I got to keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Of my well, you family. know, when you read verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. That goes right back to this whole world system again, mm -hmm. where it is the world and its sight the world and its vision the world and the story it's telling is that going to be your master or is god it's not going to be my master i came in this morning and, and declared what my master was we were talking about leaders and the way they govern and i you know i, I honor all people i honor the king and, and i i love people but i just got a revelation that the kingdom of god and, and that king of that kingdom which is jesus the christ he's the the perfect governor but see when you think about all this this goes right back to that. The doctor says this, right. and the doctor says that. Well, the politician so, says this. They or, say this, but God right. says this. I mean, <laughs> you could just sit and you could watch the news all night, and I don't care what station it is, and you could be so depressed when you went to bed that there's no hope for and the world. And notice they show all that. I watch the eleven o'clock news, Richard, and I, I I I put this on everything. There's so much bad. They might give you one good story. But it's all bad. And that's, I know that's, I'm glad I know how to filter stuff because I'm spiritually mature and I'm always learning and growing. But to the average person, just taking that in just before you go to bed, it can't well, be good. Right. I mean, the whole world's coming to an end. I know people that watch either Fox or MSNBC or something, like for hours at a time, literally hours at a time right before they go to bed. And you cannot be thinking, and I don't care if it's MSNBC, Fox, who, CNN, whoever it is, if you watch that stuff, for long enough, pretty soon, the world is no good. The world is a no good place. Well, Evil's winning. Evil's going to win where, where there's no hope for anything. And yet God says, don't be watching that stuff. Watch me. Listen to me. And it goes, you can't <laughs> serve two masters. Yeah, watch some Christian television before you go to bed. I mean, you can't serve two masters. You can't be listening to what the world says in the world system and how the world says we should act and believe and behave or you're going to listen to what God says. So it comes back to now, again, you have a bad report from a doctor. And am I going to believe just what the doctor says, or am I going to believe what God has to say about the situation? David and Goliath, you look back to that. 
you look back to Joshua leading them at the Battle of Jericho. Sight says, but there's no way you can take this city, at Jericho. There's just no way. The walls are too big. They're they're shut up. There's no Fortified. way that we can get in there. And yet God says, you know, just march around, blow some trumpets. That don't make sense, Richard, but that don't make sense. <laughs> right. But God says faith, to huh? do it. And so they do it. And what happens? God's so, obedience is better than sacrifice. <laughs> right. But if he's going to serve two masters, if he's going to serve the world if he's gonna, and the world's thinking. And that's what I was going to say. If well, he's going no he to serve the senses, because the senses says that don't make sense. Right. And there's no hope. We might and as well right, just right. go on so, back so home, back gonna, across the river. You're going to serve your senses or you're going to walk by fat. Faith, that's what the scripture means. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sight means intellect, the senses, what what, what it looks like, what the facts look like. God says, I, I'm the fact changer. I, I, he's the game changer. He'll he'll make, God can make things appear and not appear. Remember Jesus, when he, he came does. back, he walked through the door. A lot of people say when he came to reveal himself to the disciples, a lot of people say, he opened the door and walked through it. No, I believe he walked right through the door. Right, while well, he did, it was locked. Yeah, right, it was locked. He walked through the door. So that's the that's who we are now. We're, we're connected with that God now. He's the God of the impossible. That's why he said, if you can believe all well, things Well, that's why Peter could walk on the water. Right. Because he actually <laughs> believed it. Now, he didn't believe for very long. <laughs> now, and I got to say this, because you brought up something real key about listening and hearing bad news all the time. Yeah, there's a difference between hearing and I know faith comes by hearing, but faith also comes by believing. Not because if you got some filters on, you can filter. You know, I always tell people about the gospel or different churches you may go to. If you're complaining about the church, well, I always use this example: chew up the meat and spit out the bone. So you can do that. Just get the good stuff out of it and, and throw away the bone. So whatever you're hearing, you don't have to believe everything you hear. Jesus well, they can't, can't put it on TV if it's not true. See, they, <laughs> so they believe everything that's on TV. Like, you didn't exalt the television director or the owner of the television station above your Lord and Savior. If God said this, who cares what they said? Because they're going to always tell you a negative report. They're going to always tell you something to keep you in the sense realm. God's going to always tell you something, and he called it the good news, and it's going to keep you in the faith realm. He just said, you believe it. Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel is good news for us. So whatever God said, it's all good for us. He said, I just want you to believe it. We know you mentioned it early. Jesus in his hometown couldn't do no mighty works. Why? They didn't have faith. Well, he said because of their unbelief. They didn't believe. So it wasn't that he didn't have the power or the anointing to make things happen. He said, like, I need you guys to work with me. You got to believe too. Well, see, and what a lot of times happens is, and people don't think about this, is if you don't believe he's going to do anything, you don't come to him. You don't ask. I know Christians, the doctor told them, and I, and we're going to be very careful. We're not telling you to throw your medication in the toilet. But yeah. I know Christians who the doctor said, you have to take this pill for the rest of your life, who at that I know. point never, ever once prayed and asked God to fix the underlying problem so that at some point maybe they didn't you have to. You know why? Because they don't believe that he Well, because can. the doctor said that you're going to have well, to. I don't, I don't, I'm going to go so far as say, I ain't going to say they don't believe he can because faith works. Faith is a force. Jesus said he couldn't do no mighty works because of their unbelief. He there. So it had to work together. So it's, And Jesus told the woman with the issue, according to your faith. He said, yeah, I got the power. I, I got mine. Now, I need you to agree with me. 
So a lot of people that's, you know, battling adversity in their life, they won't just believe with God. God say, it's a done deal. I just need you to believe with me. So they're saying, remember, you can't serve two masters. And here it is. When you get born again, you got to be sold out to the kingdom. You can't be one feet in, one feet out, in the darkness, in, in the light. You're either in, Jesus said it, you know, you're For either me in, or against me. He said, take up your cross and, and follow me. Crucify your flesh daily. And Paul declared it, and I make this declaration. I've been crucified with Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and I live by the faith of him, and my faith is in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. That's in Galatians 2.20. you got to start declaring stuff like that. you got to start declaring, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm more than a conqueror. you got to make those scriptures, the truth of God's word, you got to make it your own. That When you start making it your own, you saying, hey, Lord, I believe. I'm in faith with you. I agree with you. Yeah, my circumstances don't look like none of that. My bank account don't look like none of that. But I'm going to agree with you that all my needs are supplied according to your riches and glory. I'm just agreeing with you. And however what? you make it happen, Lord, make it happen. I could be walking down the streets, briefcase full of millions. Okay, Lord, yes, I'm going to do what I need to do in the natural, but I'm believing that you're my supply. And, and I was just looking here. As we read Matthew, look at verse 7. And Jesus because we know the transcribers put the chapter designations in there. So Matthew 7, look at verse 11. He was still talking about some of the things he was talking about. But look at verse 11, 711. <laughs> 11. He said, if you, and another translation says fathers, if you being evil, he said, compared to me, you evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He's like, I got it. Anything you need, I got it. I just want you to have faith and believe me. First of all, you have enough faith to ask me. Right. Come, you have to ask. You, you got to come to me. To go back to what I was saying, <laughs> I was actually talking to somebody, and they said, you know, I never even thought about that before. The doctor said I had to do and then the idea that I would even pray, there wasn't, didn't seem to be any sense to even praying that, that, wouldn't, that, that I wouldn't have to do that. Well, you know what, Richard? I always declare it is. Feed your faith and starve your doubt. Now, me, when I'm in a situation like that in, in a doctor's office and he's going to give me an evil report, I'm all up in there doubting it. I'm doubting in. I'm doubting what he said, but I'm exalting what the Lord said. Because I call things that be not as though they were. And I don't receive evil reports. I receive the report of the Lord. I remind about the children of Israel, the book of Numbers, when uh, he sent out 12 spies and he, 12 leaders of the congregations and told them, go and got out the land and come back and give a report. Well, 10 of them came back with an evil report and they, they poisoned the congregation. We can't do it. It's big and they got we this, We look like grasshoppers yeah, in they, their eyes. They gave the evil report. You know what, Richard? They gave an evil report of what their senses you saw. Know what, you know, and I tell people saw. this all the time. They couldn't take the land. They were right. They couldn't take the land, but, but guess what? God. It wasn't going to be them. But with God, God said, yeah. I'm going to give you the land. He didn't say, you've got to go take the well, land. He says, I'm going to give you actually, the land. The, the command from Moses was to just go out and spy out it and, and bring back the good news of what was over there. But, the good yeah, news. But of, I mean, it's amazing because God says, I'm going to give you the land. They come back and they say, we can't, can't take, take the land. But that just, wasn't what the story was. That wasn't what was supposed to happen. But anyway, God it, was going to give it to him. And ten came back with an evil report to the congregation. Now you know what? That same thing happens. We can't do it. We can't it do it. It happens today. 
leaders, spiritual leaders in their household. They tell their family, we can't do it. Pastors tell their congregation, they limit them and, and, and put limitations on, we can't do it. But see, me and you, we're that Joshua and Caleb generation. I'm going to be Josh. Well, you could be Caleb. <laughs> but, but we, they I'll be came, 120 years old. And I'll say, give me that <laughs> deal. I'll go take that thing. See, and they came back. Joshua and Caleb, the Bible say they steal the people. They're like, calm down, y'all. But they didn't rile them up. The tent didn't rile them up. Hey, no. They say, if the Lord be for us and he delight himself in us, basically he already said he was giving us this. So he was telling you, y'all calm down. And guess what they wanted to do? They wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb for preaching the good news. <laughs> right. They want to stone us, Richard. They're out to get us right now because we're out here igniting people's faith on fire. They but want I mean, to get it us. was amazing. There wasn't the guys who give the bad report. It wasn't the guys who were saying, God can't do it. We can't do it. It, it was, was the guys me. who were saying, we can do it. Don't worry. If it was me, I'd be trying to shut the guys up with the bad report. <laughs> oh, man, I ain't trying to hear that. God promised us this land that's flowing with milk and honey. And by golly, I'm going over there. But they poisoned the congregation. Bad news. And, and guess what? The bad congreg- news sells, though. That's why the news people put it right. on. Right. And they must have meditated on that bad news instead of meditating on what God said. God right. said, I'm giving it to you. Right. He said, because you got to fight for it. With you- their own eyes, though. What These guys are giants. They've got big <laughs> well, cities. So you go back to own that. eyes. Own eyes is senses. What they saw. They reported back what they saw in the negative. And you can't go that. You walk by what God says. God says, I'm giving it to you. That's what it means, walk by faith. Well, God says this. I don't care how big they are because me and God are a majority. We're bigger. Remember with Elijah and his servant, Elisha, and they was looking out on the mountains and they seen all these, the enemy coming to them. And Elijah, the prophet said, well, there's more for us than for them. And his, his little protege say, I don't see nobody. It's just us and all of them. <laughs> he said, Lord, open, open his, his eyes. eyes that he may see. And that's what we're saying. That's what we're all about, igniting your faith on fire. Lord, open the eyes of your people that they may see that you and them are a majority. We win. We got the victory. When Jesus was on that cross and hung his head and said, it is finished, it was a done deal. We've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored back to God with all rights and privileges. And we just have to believe and that. And he's it's bigger simple. than everything. He's yeah. bigger than anything that can come into our anything life. Anything. He said in... My uh, grace will be sufficient. And he said in, in uh, I think it's Genesis 18, is there anything too hard for God? I think he told Moses, not Sarah and uh, Abraham that. Is there anything too hard for him? And the answer well, is no. a lot no. of Christians would say, yeah. No, no, there isn't. But it's according to your faith. Right. What do you believe? But, and this goes back to relationships. Sometimes, oh, man, that relationship's too far gone. There's no hope for it. There's no help man, for it. And God can and restore. And we've got to believe that God can restore. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He's a restorer. He did that to us. He restored and redeemed and reconciled us back to God. Well, you, as always, right now, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we just welcome you uh, back tomorrow for another edition of Faith on Fire. And remember, keep walking or living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.